Star jump sequence terminates, Captain. Get the gravitational dampers online and open the blast aye, shield. Aye, sir. Bring us in closer. Aye, aye, sir. Moving us in on sublight drive. Extreme magnification. Nice. The center of the galaxy. And there's our black hole. The experience of a lifetime, Captain. Let me put this on audio. You should be able to hear the magnetic resonance. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. The edge of time and space where the impossible can happen. Welcome to the event horizon. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, whatever is relevant for the part of the world you are in. Indeed, welcome to the Event Horizon, where the impossible happens. Join us each week at this time as we delve into the worlds of science fiction, fantasy, and science fact in all their forms. I'm your host, Gene Turnbow. And I am your other host, Susan Fox. And with us is science fiction and fantasy author, Debbie V. Gay, and a very prolific author you are. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm to be here. Yeah, it's uh, and we actually have waveform on you this time. <laughs> it's actually a help when all of the technology <laughs> cooperates at once. Yay, technology! <laughs> so Woo-hoo! we so we hear you have a 2020 vision, and we'd like to hear about it. I do have 2020 vision. Thank you. <laughs> well, my my eyes aren't 20. But my vision is for next year. So for 2020, I set myself a challenge, and I am going to be releasing 20 new books next year. You're releasing 20 new books in a year. Does that include uh, the the manuscripts you're working on now year. as well? You didn't write I'm starting 15 in December the- because I have a mid-January release. Okay. Wow. That's yeah. That is an incredible number of books. How do you? Actually, How on earth are you going to do that? Because I, I'm, <laughs> I've started writing. I'm one. not going to sleep. <laughs> I started writing one myself, and I, it's like pulling teeth. You know, I'm lucky if I get two thousand words a week. And you're going to be well, going at like ten times that speed, or twenty times that speed. Well, apparently, I'm a crazy person, <laughs> and I don't value sleep. <laughs> I no, guess not. I like to tell people that writing is like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the stronger it gets, the faster you get at it. So, you know, that's I've been doing this for a while. I've been a professional writer now for 17 years. And how many books do you have to your credit at the moment? Do you, do you uh, know? It, somewhere between 50 and 60. <laughs> somewhere between. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Well, there's several series, though. So I guess uh-huh. you know, you're, you're not making up a whole new world every single time. Not every single time, but there, yeah, there are several standing series that I do, um, several past series as well. Most of my series last for about three books. Uh, I have a couple that are running longer than that. So I don't have to create from scratch everything, mm-hmm. but I still have to, you know, create the whole new story. So are you, are you inventing whole new worlds for, for the, uh, for the upcoming efforts or are you relying on ones that you've already built or both? I'm inventing, I'm inventing three whole, actually, no, five whole new worlds wow. for 2020. Holy cow. <laughs> this just and seems also, uh, 
this just seems like a <laughs> yes. lunatic pace. It's it's uh, your head's going to explode. I think. That's a nice. Please be nice. <laughs> that's so. That's, that's just no. My just husband mind- keeps looking at me, saying, "You're crazy." <laughs> it's just a mind-boggling amount of work. Well, you know what? If she were Isaac Asimov, nobody would be saying this stuff. That's true. Or so, Sean. Or Sean and McGuire. Oh my! I t- no. I yeah. tell her that to her face. <laughs> You, are, I think you actually have published more books than Sean and McGuire has. As yet. Only so because far. she had a 10-year lead on her. Yeah, well. But still, you know, that's something. <laughs> so. I, uh, you know, you, I got to pick up the pace, though. <laughs> yeah. Do you prefer, uh, uh, do you prefer young adult uh, as a, as a, a place as a to sit your work? Yeah. As as a primary genre, or do you work towards more more mature audiences? I started in young adult, and while I'm still doing young adult, I've most of the new stuff I've done is more to the adult audience. Although, realistically, the difference is the age of the protagonist. And people always say, "Well, what is the difference between young adult and regular fiction?" I said, "You know, how old how old is your main character? If they're eighteen or under, it's young adult." But so. I, uh, it is considered for more for the adult market, but the themes aren't necessarily any more um, mature than mm. they are otherwise. Well, for young adults, you tend to have these coming of age stories. You know, I mean, that seems to be what most of them are about. And uh, yeah, it's about finding yourself and mm-hmm. and things like that, which is very popular in young adult. And it's also about learning to stand on your own and save the world or save yourself. But at the same time, what's interesting is that's a skill that many adults haven't actually learned yet either, you know, or they feel like they haven't. So even my some of my protagonists who are adults, say, for example, um, the Psalm 23 mysteries, you have a woman who's about 30 who is terrified of her own shadow at the beginning of the series because of some of the things that happened to her as a kid. So she is risk adverse. And uh, is has made this very sheltered life for herself, but yet, uh, you know, she trips over a dead body at work, and her entire world changes. And it's at that point, chain, you know, adapt or die. And um, my witch hunt series, we have a protagonist who seems to have it all together in the beginning. She's a police detective, but she's also suffering from uh, kind of a splintering of who she is as a person because she's trying to deny half of her own heritage, half of her personality and everything, because she doesn't know how to cope with it. She has to learn to come to grips with that. That's, that's neat stuff. I think you're right. I think a lot of adults would like a do over, you know, (laughs) you know, yes, exactly. It's like, I never, we either want a do over. Yeah. Yeah. Or we want to figure out, it's kind of like we've reached a life. We're like, is this it? Is this as good as it gets? Is this all I am or all I'm ever going to be? Yeah, exactly. Well, and, you know, I think almost everybody has some aspect of their life that is, you know, you come to to almost middle age and things aren't the way they were supposed to be. Right. Or you find out something, a family secret or something happens to throw your life off. Not that I have issues. You know, or me. We can talk about this. I don't think this, the, the audio, the audio radiance really is ready for that. The audio radiance. Yeah. The audio radiance. I love that. But, but no, but it's like 
and people are looking for an escape in some ways. It's like you, you have a, you know, you have your life, your life is fairly structured by the time you're in your thirties, forties, you know, and, and older. And you're, there's that idea that maybe there is something out there that will shake everything up. Maybe you'll find yourself, you know, embroiled in a mystery, or maybe you'll find out that you are a descendant of uh, witches, or maybe, you know, you'll end up caught up in international espionage, no fault of your own, you know? So it's kind of that, that bringing that excitement to the person who has uh, a structured life and I, you know, dare say a boring life sometimes, but just it's, it's bringing the extraordinary to the everyday. That seems to be a theme of, uh, of urban fiction. Uh, it's, the it's, urban fantasy it's in pretty much defines it. Yeah, yeah. Urban fantasy. Yeah. Sure. The, uh, the desire of people to uh, to find something to kind of jam open their humdrum lives and let some magic pour in. So it could be witches, it exactly. could be evil or good, it could be sorcerers, yep. it could be werewolves, it could be any so do you tend thing. You it could be serial killers. Serial killers. I don't want yeah. those. I, somebody yeah. <laughs> runs in, stabs your box of rice krispies, runs out. Shut it. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you more fond of fantasy or science fiction? What do you think? Uh, personally, I'm more fond of fantasy. It's funny. My my husband is the sci-fi guy, and I'm the fantasy chick. So we appreciate each other's stuff. But if we have to choose, we go to our corners and duke it out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's cool. So, wow. Well, archaeology is is as hard a science as, as, you know, as any, I suppose. For the listeners, her husband is Dr. Scott Vigay, archaeologist, attorney, uh, writer, and radio personality, uh, (laughs) Dr. Geek of Dr. Geek's Laboratory of Applied Geekdom. I mean, if if there was it a real get geekier than that, if there was a real life no. Buckaroo Bonsai, your <laughs> husband is it. That's it. You know, how's his how's Thank his, uh, you. How's his guitar? You know, because you could jam. <laughs> you know, I should get him a guitar and find out. <laughs> <laughs> doctor, doctor, will I be able to vi- play the violin when I heal up? Why, of course, good because I couldn't before. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, he, he definitely has that, you know, the, that going for him with all the degrees and all the education. And, and like I said, he's, he's very much into science fiction and, uh, and how he can make it science reality. But it just goes to show no matter where you go, there there you are. are. You are. (laughs) So these 20 books, have you written, do you, have you outlined them? Have you got some, some plan for what series are some you're kind going- of <laughs> celestial map stars that you're following? <laughs> oh, that's funny! I love that. <laughs> I don't no, want to. Hear, I don't want to well, hear about Uranus. I, all right. <laughs> no, I I know what eighteen of the twenty books are going to be as far as which series or which titles. I have no clue what the plots of any of them are going to be yet. <laughs> And then there's two books that I'm just leaving open to surprise myself with whatever I feel like doing at that moment. So you do have some sort of you have sort of a star map, but uh, but that's about it. You know, you know, know, the the constellations are all there. 
Yeah, so I, I know fun. I have to get to Witch Mountain, but you know, uh-huh. there <laughs> could be a Nova it. in there somewhere. <laughs> but no, I I know that there's going to be you know uh, there's going to be a certain number of Psalm twenty three mysteries. You know, I'm going to do um, my first Victory Swift novel, which is a uh, is a female exorcist uh, series, mm-hmm. and that one's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to do uh, the second book in my Abracadabra series, which is called uh, The Lady Vanishes. Mm-mm. Very excited about that one. That sounds like a familiar title. You know, that's that's, uh, that's a very film noir sort of... Um, yes, you know, yes, it is. That's been used before. But, but not in conjunction with the word abracadabra, so it's okay. Yes. That's this, right. This could be fun. Well, in the abracadabra, the title's... Yeah, it's it's great. The titles for Abracadabra are all based on some sort of magic idea. So uh, Now You See Me is the first one, and uh, The Lady Vanishes is the second one. And the title of the third one uh, is going to be uh, The Rabbit in the Hat. So, so okay, there's I'm... prestidigitation as performed <laughs> by a real magician, you see. Yes, Yes, because the best place to hide is in plain sight. I'm intrigued. You should be. <laughs> yeah, this sounds this sounds like fun. I'm intrigued. Yeah, my log line is um, the missing link between Twilight and Harry Potter without so much dysfunction. <laughs> wow! Thank you. <laughs> Hugs. That you should was awesome. you should be as 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 successful as though either of those or both. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. Well. It's uh, funny because when um, when the last Harry Potter book came out, there was huge banners in the Barnes and Nobles windows saying, waiting for Harry Potter, read Wicked. And uh-huh. once the book came out, it said, finished Harry Potter, read Wicked, you know, <laughs> and people would say, Wicked is like Harry Potter, only darker and more grown up. And I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That'll but, do. No, I really, I really appreciate the comparison. Thank you. That's marketing. I, I, my, my marketing weasel hat is off to them. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty impressive. The thing that frustrated me was at the time I was uh, living in Hawaii and we did not have a Barnes and Noble on our island. And everybody I knew in California and all over the country saw them and not one of them took a stupid picture to send me. Dad nabbit. What good are they? I know. I kept asking everyone I know. They're like, oh, I saw your banner again. I'm like, take a picture. No one did. Okay, I'm going to go start hunting your book banners. Let (laughs) us know when they're out, and we will do it. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So uh, you have that's that's a very condensed release schedule. Um, Yes. Twenty books in a year. It's basically one book every two and a half to three weeks. Yeah, it's frightening when you say it like that. <laughs> that's that's breathtaking. I mean, it's just yeah. But these books, you know, these are not four hundred page books either. No, well, there, there's a pace involved here. Yeah, I mean, I I do. Uh, they range between fifty and eighty thousand words. Yeah. So okay, so novella to novel. In, no, in, no, novella is under forty. Novella is under forty. So this the novelette. Is, no, is novelette small. No, you know, novelette smaller. Yeah, no. So what's between? No, it's a full novel. It's a it's a full novel. It's, it's not a it's not yeah. it's not a huge brick, okay. but it is a novel. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. I thought the cutoff for a novel was eighty thousand words. No, sweetie. it had to be. A oh no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, 
Well, no. that's interesting. Okay. Now you feel better about your output. I you? do. I do feel better <laughs> about my output. A, a really good, a really good place to aim for is sixty thousand words. That puts you in a really good zone. And there are a lot of publishers who won't even touch novels that are over eighty thousand words. That's you know, interesting. Just it is. I mean, huh. there are some markets that want them long and some markets they're like, please don't, please, please don't, you know, gives you more to cut um, that way. It does. I mean, uh, like my Wolf Springs Chronicles that I do with Nancy Holder, we went, uh, we went to 110,000 words cause we were matching what we did for our crusade series yeah. and, and we had to cut 30,000 words from that first book. So we went from 110,000 to 80,000. It's either that or split them into two books. And so, so if you yeah. if you're pulling that much, that's like pulling whole subplots out. Yes, yes it was. Oh my god. It was painful. Well, you save them for later cuz you'll use them. You use them somewhere somehow. These things come back, but mm. yeah. So no, it's it's a full novel. It's they're all full novels and uh like I say they they vary in page length based on the needs of the book itself and the series, Mm -hmm. you know, I, different series, I target different lengths and, uh, and then sometimes, you know, even a book in a series might be an outlier where it goes longer. Like, uh, I'll call up people like, you know, I'll call up my readers going, this book will not end. I was supposed to end on chapter 20 and it's chapter 27 and I can't get it to end. You know, (laughs) that happens from time to time. That's, um, yeah. (laughs) I find myself, uh, I find myself getting into the, from one situation to the next in, in, in what I'm doing. And, uh, I know where it has to go and I just end up facing a blank wall because the characters won't do what I thought they were going to do. Darn <laughs> do characters, they do you, have a mind of their own, you know. Yeah. I, do you, do you, you find have yourself? To let them have the mind of their own. Do you find you yourself in that to. situation a lot? Just listen to her, listen to her. Oh, sorry. No. So I didn't mean to, to step on you. But right. no, if if the characters want to do something different, you have to let them. Unless there is a very good reason and they're violating everything you intend to do down the line. But you, if you if if you say go right and they go left, you have to go with it because when you lose control, that's when you're dealing with the really deep levels of your subconscious as a writer. And the story is taking over and the characters are taking over and living a life of their own. That is when your best work is being done. Well, but it's also when your damn plot line gets out of control and you have no idea where you're going after that. And then well, you, that means you've that your plot the, wasn't right in the first place. Well, you've got to reach the finish line. You know, I mean, it, when that happens with me, it's a sign that I need to stop and take a breath and figure out what exactly – I mean, why my characters had decided to do that and where uh, – how am I going to fix this and pull everything around and get everything to go in the direction I want to go in, except I'm terrible at it and it like, takes me weeks. <laughs> next, next time, just try going with it and writing off of uh-huh. what happens and see how it changes the story and it might be for the better. I mean, when I set out to write a book – I know the first line and I know the last line and I have no idea how I get from point A to point C, you know, it's, it's going to happen, you know, but I, I have to give the, the story room to breathe and be alive and do, and the characters to do things I didn't expect. Um, one of the, one of the craziest examples of this was actually in, um, wicked in the fifth book of the wicked series. 
Nicole, the one character, has uh, these two love interests, these guys, and we always meant for her to end up with the nice guy. We've been planning it for five books. We're gonna. She's gonna end up with the the jerk was actually going to save her die saving her life. It was a plan. It had been planned for mm-hmm. years. I was the one who had the scene where the jerk was going to sacrifice himself and save her. I was writing it, and I darned if I didn't have the nice guy die instead. Oops. And she was going to end up with a jerk. And I went, no. And I went back, and I tried to rewrite it three times, and I could not rewrite the sentence. And I finally put down I, – I left the keyboard. I picked up the telephone. I called Nancy, and I said, Nancy, I just – the other guy and she just started cackling and she said I woke up this morning and knew you were going to do it (laughs) and we yep stopped because it was a massive plot point usually if it was a small plot point we just Uh flow with it it was such a big deal because you know this had been the plan and this was how you know the climax and everything that we both stopped and reread the first four books and darned if it wasn't always going to end up that way we had clearly been going that way subconsciously but that's not what we thought we were doing wow wow yep so yeah so yeah it was great though she did she's all, i woke up and i knew you were gonna do it i knew you were gonna kill the other one and i'm like how'd you know she's like i don't know but i knew and i'm like well there you go that's that's hysterical okay okay that is very <laughs> valuable and we we may have to thank you in Ways we hadn't anticipated. <laughs> this, is the, this is why – this is one of the reasons that uh, I really enjoy talking to writers like you because it's like going to a master class in writing. Oh, thank you. You know, because uh, uh, one learns so much talking to writers about the craft of writing and how – uh, and how they do what they do. And in your case, you have all of this, plus you have this monumental uh, self-imposed task ahead of you <laughs> uh, that I have never heard of an author doing, uh, attempting before. This is, this is, um, is, is 20 books in a year a record, Susan? I don't anybody- think so. I'd, I'd have to look at um, Asimov's release dates, mm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Because I know Asimov wrote 80, roughly 80 books. Honey, he wrote 300 books. 300 books. Not all of which were fiction. Right, not all of which were fiction. Um, 300 books. That's. I plan on finding out if uh, 20 in one year is a record. I'll let you know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's certainly going to be a personal best, that's for sure. That is for sure. So I'm basically going to take a third of the books that I've written, you know, in the last 17 years and write them in one year. (laughs) Oof. You know, I'm I'm sitting here trying to figure out how to the metrics on that because it it gets messed up with the uh, the old pulps, which were all published under house names. Uh Mm -hmm. So if Lester Dent wrote, you know, 20 uh, Doc Savage books, that wasn't really the same guy. But it'll be right. the same name. Right, yeah. That's true. Yeah. So uh-huh. I'm not sure how to calculate this, but um I'm now I'm now I've got a quest. <laughs> so how do you how do <laughs> you market that many books? How do you what's Oh my god. The I mean, publisher this, is going to have a heart attack. This represents a very special challenge. 
<laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> I always represent a very special challenge. <laughs> mm-hmm, um, I, I'm doing them in a number of different genres. Uh, I'm doing mystery, uh, fantasy, sci-fi action adventure, horror, uh, and coming of age. And so I'm, I'm, uh, and thrill. So I'm breaking it up over different types of genres, different, you know, theoretically different readerships. Although a lot of my readers follow me no matter what I write, which I really appreciate. Cause I'm like, you know, if you, if you like my fantasy, you're going to like my horror. You know, if you like, if you like my sci-fi, I'm sure you're going to like my thrillers. You know, it's just well. That's it. I mean, readers people... are not not one-dimensional objects. Some of us read more than yeah. one kind of book. I know, surprising exactly. though it seems. <laughs> I mean, some people don't, but I try. You know, some of, some of the mystery readers are like pretty hardcore. You know, I'm never reading anything but a mystery. And uh, some of the things I like to do is I say, really, well, you know, my mystery is crossing over with a different series. Yeah, <laughs> and then oh. Well, I better catch up to speed. It's a mystery <laughs> like, yes. in space. It's a mystery in, you know, yeah. you know whatever. So exactly. getting back to the distribution thing, how is this How is this mechanically going to work? And you have is a, this all for the same um, publisher? Yes, that was my big question. Uh, it's, it's getting split across a couple different publishers. But, uh, and um, it's... I mean, it's, it's a much, you know, that's a publicity stunt in some, you know, many regards. I mean, obviously, you know, watch the crazy author and is she going to actually be able to do it? Um, but it, it should be interesting. And we're going to try to do a lot of marketing around the, the whole idea of the 20 in 2020. Well, we're, and, we're in, uh, you know, every time one comes out, we'll, we'll be right. We'll list it, whether it's our genre thank you. or not, which mostly they are. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just basically it's it's weird because it's been something I've been thinking about since about 2016. I've been like, you know, mm-hmm. for 2020, I should do 20 books. And every time I said something out loud, everyone around me said, "You're crazy. Stop talking." You know. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and finally, finally, several months ago, I'm like, I am crazy, but I'm doing it. This is happening. You know, and uh, it'll it'll be a it should be a wild ride. And I figure I'm going to sleep for the first quarter of 2021. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, will deserve, you know, you can't just say I'm going to Disney World, though. I mean, that's no, I, I'm going on a, I'm going around the world with Disney in 2021. <laughs> there we go. There we go. The cruise line. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yep. Yeah, I'll hit all the parks. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, that's been my husband, though. He's also, Debbie, you just wrote 20 books. What are you doing? I'm like. Yeah, I am going to Disney everything. <laughs> You're here. You just wrote 20 books. What are you going to do now? Fall over. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Get carpal tunnel surgery. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Everyone has carpal tunnel vision now. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so uh. – so uh, you're very fortunate to have found a couple of publishers who are willing to work with you in this endeavor. This is That's really yeah. something. I, I, I've had this throughout my career where I've had multiple publishers I was working with doing different things. And, you know, usually the big deal is they want to know each other's release schedule and stuff like that. But um, I remember the first time it became an issue was like around 2011, 2012, where they were like, how many different series does she have with how many different publishers? Because I'd have one publisher publishing, you know, a certain kind of 
you know, because editors at publishers specialize in certain types of fiction. So, you know, my, my, you know, my, uh, supernatural thriller editor was not necessarily going to be down for a non supernatural mystery, you know, series. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. this is how you get, this is how you get splintered and end up with different publishers and things like that. I even have had multiple agents at the same time before (laughs) who handle different types of fiction. So, uh, you know, and all of them are like, why, why? And I'm like, cause I, I would get bored if I just tried to do one thing. I can definitely relate to that. I'm poly polymaths in the family. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When your parrot swallows your calculator, it's, it's a thing. (laughs) It's like a parrot swallows your wristwatch. It's politics. I thought that was many blood sucking uh, insects. That, that too. Yes. (laughs) Um, So who are your, who, who, who are your, publishers who are you working with and uh uh i'm not prepared to talk about not that prepared just to yet. talk about that uh, there's you... a few contracts still being negotiated okay so. okay well that's cool yeah we understand how that works well so you're gonna be hitting the ground running first of january what's coming up first yep. you read i mind. knew and then i forgot <laughs> no. Oops. um What's coming up first is the second in my uh, series, A Salty Tale Mystery, and uh, book two is going to be coming. That looks like it should so, be about but, mermaids, is it? It's not, but <laughs> it uh, it definitely has a mermaid oh, motif to it. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's about a yeah, it's who owns a, um, you, a salt start, and spice store. Can you start, uh, start the through, sentence over. again, please? It's about a... Oh, sure. It's about a woman who owns a spice shop. Uh, she didn't want a spice shop. Her husband, you know, kind of got her into this business uh, before he disappeared. And uh, she's the pariah in town because everyone thinks she killed him. And uh, she ends up hiring in the first book. She hires a drifter to help her do inventory because she hates inventory. And uh, they find a dead body shop when they go to open it. And it turns out it's one of the local deputies. Oh, not the And husband. what's he do? What's he doing dead in her shop? So that's the first book. And the second book just continues the fun and adventure and craziness from there. Wow. There's so much you could be doing. I mean, there's so much you will be doing. I was about to say, and it's, so much she could be doing what? Knitting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'll probably have to be reminded to eat mm, and yeah. sleep and those things. It, it's – I – Hats off to you. This is this is going to be um, a really fascinating experience. Just watching you do this, and and uh, uh, walking, sort of walking with you. We'll be talking to you um, if if you have the time to do it uh, over the next year as you as you get this stuff done. But we're definitely going to have to do a series on the website of the 2020 vision of Debbie V. Gay. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's what I'm calling it. 2020 vision. So. Oh, that's cool. Okay. It's kind of low hanging fruit, but it works. Yeah. You got well, it. Sometimes yeah, you got to use like it. I like it. Sure. Absolutely. It's like right there. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining us on this episode of the Event Horizon. Uh, we have been speaking with 
uh, very prolific fantasy and science fiction author Debbie Begay. Uh, you have, your work has been uh, on the New, New York, York Times and uh, yes. and Amazon and, and Amazon bestseller lists uh, on numerous occasions. Um, the first books are coming out in January, and uh, and Happy New Year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And we're we're very grateful that you took the time to to come speak with us about it. And we well, hope thank that, you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. We look forward to having you on again. Absolutely. Thanks. You have been listening to episode two hundred and ten of Krypton Radio's weekly production of the Event Horizon for September twentieth, twenty nineteen. Our guest this evening has been extremely prolific, New York Times best-selling author of both mystery and young adult fantasy novels, Debbie Vigay. We have been discussing her newest undertaking to publish 20 books in 2020. This episode will air again on September 21st, 2019 at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, that's tomorrow afternoon, a Sunday, and two more times on the following Thursday and Saturday mornings at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Once all of the airtimes have passed, you will find this episode and others on iTunes, Stitcher, and on our own website at kryptonradio.com as podcasts. Krypton Radio is listener-supported sci-fi geek culture radio, and the vast majority of our funding comes from listeners just like you. We are asking you to visit patreon.com slash kryptonradio and pledge $5 a month to help keep the station on the air. Give the gift of geek music to your friends by helping support the world's only full-time sci-fi geek culture radio station. That's patreon.com slash kryptonradio. The Event Horizon title sequence was written and produced by Gene Turnbow. The science officer was played by science fiction illustrator Mark Schermeister. The engineer was Christian B. McGuire. The navigator was Christian Cherry. And the captain was voiced by science fiction grandmaster Larry Niven. This program is copyright 2019 by Krypton Media Group Incorporated, the event horizon on Krypton Radio. It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi.